Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 2, one Donald Trumpian minute at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez in the news. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Chris O'Connor. Welcome back. Yeah, glad to be back. Happy to have you back. Today we're going back to minute 42, which begins with uh, Marty being accosted by the father of the child whose room he accidentally fell into and ends with Marty uh, strolling down, um, you know, like Killian Murphy or Rick Grimes before him, uh, stumbling across a new America that is unknown to him and is indeed unknown to us, the viewer. (laughs) Yeah, this this. So like all the little all the little little things that we've been seeing for the past couple minutes have exploded. And I and you got to ask yourself how how he missed all of cuz all right, well you, you you take it away. Well, okay, so the dad's name is Lewis. Mm. Um and everyone in his family has an L name. <laughs> uh so Lewis is the father, the daughter is named Loretta. Uh, the mother's name, which is in the script, is... Oh, that's nice. Uh, where is it? It's <clears throat> Louise. Um, Louise. And I can't find this. Yeah, Louise. And I can't find the uh, son's name. Leonard. I, yeah, I imagine it's like Leonard or something like that. Um, but the uh, the father is played by an actor named Al White who is most known for playing uh, the jo- one of the jive dudes in Airplane and Airplane 2. Nice. Wait, wait, they use the same jive guys in Airplane 2? Apparently, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's also most recently been in things like Grey's Anatomy, Criminal Minds, Switch to Birth, and Bones. For a second, um, um, when, when you said Criminal Minds, I, I heard it wrong, and I thought you said Colonel Minds. And I was like, in. Yeah. I know, right? I'm Colonel Mines. <laughs> and I solve hmm. the crime. Sounds like a character <laughs> in uh, uh, Psychonauts. Yeah, yeah, he sounds like a Psychonauts Some sort boss. of steampunkian, you know, Victorian era English kind of. Oh, totally. totally. Colonel Mines. And he like brainwashed. He's got a monocle. Oh, yes. totally. Dude, Jim Broadbent would make a great Colonel Mines. <laughs> Let's write the show. Don't you so, see? It's already begun. Lewis is destroying Loretta's He has really terrible aim. God for the daughter, man. All of her things are being destroyed. Like how much Michael Jackson memorabilia is being crushed right now? Yeah. She seems to be getting – she seems to have completely forgotten about this strange white boy in her room because she is like (laughs) freaking out about her dad like breaking everything. I, I really, I really like um, the the rhythm that Lewis and Marty fall into, where it's like, "Look, I'm blank. Oh, you're gonna be blank. No, I'm not blank. You damn right, you're not blank." Like the call and response, I really appreciate. <laughs> I'm um, not. I'm stairs. You're gonna be stairs. <laughs> so first. Okay, yeah, she, so he destroys her the nightstand, and yeah. I think he's, she's got like a Michael Jackson doll on that, so that gets crushed. One would assume. Uh, and then her her trophy case, all of her trophies are complete. All of them, they're all on the top shelf, and he hits yeah. all of them. <laughs> oh, 
all of your accomplishments, my child. Crush. He's like I just mean, hitting stuff on surfaces. Like he's not actually destroying you know, any desks or dressers. He's just wrecking their stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's you know, it's kind of funny. I, I, and I'm sure I'm like the 80 millionth person to say this, but I'm getting actually kind of an old man Peabody vibe. You know, maybe he doesn't oh, want to man. actually hurt Mar- Marty. He just wants to scare him off. So he's like, oh, I'm going to swing around this kid's head. But yeah. You know, like a, he can't bring himself to actually kill him. Because you have like a father, you have a son, a daughter, and a, and a wife. And then you, oh, have yeah. this really, you have this really good shot of all four of them together. And it just reminds me a lot of like the Peabody's in Back to the Solid Future. Solid callback. Yeah. That's true. I think good you're point. right. I don't think I've ever put that together before. That is, a, that is an excellent bit of mirroring. Yeah. Uh, speaking That's of mirroring, uh, Marty comes across a cop car that is like shoved into the side of a like a whoa, hatchback. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're skipping like yeah. Let's, wait, through let's the there's some stuff to unpack and discuss here. I started to talk about it too because it's amazing, but mm-hmm. but let's there's yeah. some fun things here. I I want I want to know. Okay, so first of all, so we we agree that Lewis was not going to murder Marty. Yeah, he oh, just, just wanted to chase him out. Yeah. yeah. So he apparently he thinks that Marty works for the realty company. And as we can see, as Marty's running away, the realty company is Bifco Realty. Ugh. So. So exactly the sort of realty company that would hire like thugs and enforcers to try and scare people off their property. Yeah. Very, you know, very much like in, in Daredevil. And, right. uh, you know, that, that gets us to, to you know, the, the element of gentrification here. And like, you know, this, this, uh, the, the idea that, uh, to show that the neighborhood is in is in in a poor state, um, you know, apart from from, well, the state of the street as Marty runs down it, uh, you know, like all the houses are being sold off, like Marty's house, uh, it's you know, there's a minority family in there, and and they're, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just uh, an interesting, uh, you know, change to the uh, a way to to sort of build the scene and and, and show how things are going, uh, and <laughs> yeah, like, I, I like the touch about it being Bifco Realty. I really, yeah, that fits perfectly. <laughs> you know, it's moments like this that, um, and it's kind of moments like Tannenville that you forget how, um, like, s- like sneaky and kind of subversive and cynical Zemeckis can be when he wants to. Like we, we, when, you know, when we think about movies like Back to the Future or Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Forrest Gump, we do kind of picture this like. Oh, this like wonderment and, you know, the sheen and like the pop, you know, like, yeah, the idyllic kind of mass movie going. But then if you if you, you know, if you watch Forrest Gump, there's some seriously subversive stuff going on that mm-hmm. can neither be seen as like offensive or like satiric. And I've always been kind of really fascinated by that edge of offensive and satiric that Zemeckis movies can kind of fall under, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that something like. You know, he appears in a neighborhood and to show that the neighborhood is not as good. Now there are like people of color living there. And I think that, yeah, that's a perfect example of like, whoa, he has to know what that means. Right. Which I think is what a lot of people did during like all of Forrest Gump. Right. Or again, you know, something like he, he, he Zemeckis realizes that Marty goes back in time and creates rock and roll and then gives it to to Chuck Berry, he knows what that means, right? And I think this is another moment where it's like, this is either really tone deaf or 
really satiric and like subversive. And as a fan of his, I I, I would like to err towards the latter. But I mean, who knows? He I'm, I'm, sees I'm, what he's been doing. <laughs> yeah, and that it, this is on purpose. I uh, I do want to also mention before we completely move on from this. Uh, do you guys notice that the little boy is call is, is referring to Marty as a gentleman? No. Wait, what? He keeps saying this gentleman. What? Like, no. Like, he's screaming at dad about like swinging the bat around. He's like he's like this gentleman just coming in here. <laughs> he's just calling him. Yeah, amazing. Wow. All right. It's like he knows. <laughs> it's like Zemeckis was like just, just just yell. Just just don't curse, but just yell. Yeah. <laughs> Be very respectful. Especially when I when I refer to the when I refer to his character in the other drafts, um, he's yeah. like a little sociopath in the other drafts. Oh really? Oh, really? Crush his skull, dude. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, while we're on the topic, uh, I'll I'll pop him open. This is the best part. So okay, so um, his name is oh his name is Harold in in this draft. Oh, okay. Um, in the sixty-seven or the paradox? In I'm looking at the paradox draft right now. And he's saying, whoop him, dad, he's lying. And there's this gag where the dad keeps going, shut up, Harold. Loretta, Aww. did he touch you? Oh. And then, and that's then yeah, that's a like, little too much. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and is that, um, that's the same one where she screams rape? Uh, No. Oh, that's a different draft. Okay. Yeah, 67 draft is the rape one. Um, And then everything else is pretty much the same. Uh, But in the 67 draft... <laughs> Harold goes. <laughs> he goes, shoot him, Dad. He's lying. And Dad says, shut up, Harold. You thought you lived here? Talking to Marty. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I just must have been the wrong window. And Harold goes, what are you waiting for, Dad? Blow his head off. Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, and his dad goes, shut up, Harold. <laughs> he goes to Marty, what's your name? Uh, and then Marty sa- says his name. Uh, and he goes, and you live around here? I never heard of no McFlies, and we've been living here three years. Uh, and then he chases him out. Uh, <laughs> and then when when the dad says, you know, we don't want to be terrorized. And he says, if I ever see your ass here again, I'll press charges. And then Harold screams after him, and he'll blow your head off, too. <laughs> oh, Harold, I, I like the direction they, they chose to go. You know, like a little little... <laughs> Little Carlton Banks just it, just uh, wants things to go nicely. It makes sense that that's what a child raised in Tannenville would be like conditioned to want, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. well, and then the one family that doesn't want to sell would, you know, not be he'd, he'd be, mm. be taking steps to to try and prevent that sort of neg- negativity from entering his kids' lives. It's like how you read, um, like you know, these articles that are like oh, like bullying and like name calling are on the rise in like elementary schools because like. Children are watching like Donald Trump on the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is out there. Um. So then, uh, Marty, uh, starts to walk down the street, and then we begin to hear wanders through what fallout. is probably my favorite piece, other than the theme itself, is probably my favorite piece of Back to the Future music. Wow, interesting. Yeah, the theme, the theme here, the 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 Tanville theme. That uh, Alan Silvestri uh, cooks up here is just—it's so good. It's really good. Um, I just—I love the way that uh, the way that it just 
it's kind of cartoony. Like when he, when he, especially like when he, when he finds the, um, the, uh, chalk, chalk outlines mm-hmm. of the, of the dead body, like it, like Alan Silvestri scores, like it, it, it does this very cartoony, like, Oh, look, dead bodies. Like, yeah. Um, but it's, oh, man, I love it. And I'm so happy that he's coming back for the next two Avengers movies. Yeah, I'm I'm almost certain that like some of the same like sort of um, I'm not sure what the proper term is for it, but like some of the same like scape measures of of music are can be found like in the because uh, we we went over this. This is the same guy who did he did the the Predator score, right? Because it has a very similar sound to it. And right now, Marty seems to be going through a place that the Predator would be perfectly happy in. Particularly oh, yeah. the second one. Jesus. Right. <laughs> totally. But the urban yes, jungle. So this city street. I mean this this suburban neighborhood, they're they're the the police car like T boned into there, just been left there. This car that is literally smoking and still on fire next to Okay, wait, why why is the car why was the car left there on fire next to a chalk somebody bothered to go and and outline the bodies and take them away and cordon off the area, but they left a burning car. There's and there's nobody there. It's, 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 it's literally on fire in the street. No, the timeline on this is all over the it's place. Too, I, I, actually, I actually think that the, the car fire is a recent development. I think like a homeless person might have started the fire to get warm. And then, then just heard like Marty left. come in and ran. Yeah. Hear Marty come in and just went to go hide under the car. That makes sense to me. Holding a shiv between his teeth. I um, mean, this is this is amazing. This is like... The sort of decay here has has, has any American street ever been like? I mean, really? That's I'm sure amazing. There's, I'm, I'm sure there's a few. Ugh. All right. Anyway, it's so, really bad. Double welcome double to Barter Town. Yeah, I know. Double I, I do kind side. of want to see like the Fallout Four robot like just walking down the street. Oh God. <laughs> um, Marty, Marty's got mad caps. <laughs> and then there's a deleted scene here uh, in which. Marty walks by uh, Hill Valley High School and it has it is uh, rubble having burned down Ugh. and it's surrounded by a chain link fence with barbed wire around the top. Oh, geez. Uh, and then there's like a helicopter actively flying over it. Of course. Um, it really it looks like it looks like on the inside of the gate is like Judgment Day. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen gangs in New York? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, what if you like turned a corner and you just see like John C. Riley like hanging from like a water tank? Like, God, oh no, <laughs> Captain! I, I, re- I really like that movie. I, th- I don't think it's it gets great. enough respect. Yeah, it it's so good. <laughs> God, I Daniel Day Lewis is five him. fingers. They form a fist. <laughs> Where's him? He'd be, he'd be a great Back to the Future villain. Build a butcher. Jesus. Oh, I, I don't think Marty and Doc would come out of that one. Sure. That would not be a, like, it, you know, as, as evil as Biff Tannen is, he's still kind of a comic villain. He's not actually effective and, and, and really a capable like a murder machine. Boy. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's like the high school bully writ large. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if, if they went back to, like, Gangs of New York land, like, Marty would just die. Mm-hmm. Like somebody would call him Yella, he'd think he could stick up for himself, and there wouldn't be a skateboard around to save him. Hatch into the face. <laughs> um, what, what? 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 I, I'm I'm looking at this this cop car, and I'm just trying to figure out what the story is here because this this car, this 
that it's smashed into is obviously backing out of a driveway. Yeah. And the cop car is smashed like all the way in. I mean, they're they're all Deeply the way in there. The, yeah, they're deep into that. And car. And then it looks like they got hit on the back as well. Yeah. Maybe whoever owned that car was trying to escape, and then the cop was like desperate to catch his man and just like no, because that cop that cop would have had to be going like sixty sixty five to smash that far into that car uh, that cleanly. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I'm, I'm not going to pretend to know how. To, how and then and then I said, I wonder if it, uh, I wonder if that would so whoever did pull off the double murder may have run across the street to their car. Cop car pulls around, sees them pulling out to get away from from the scene of the shooting, and just offensive drivings the hell out of it. I feel see it's interesting that you're, you're which actually you're, seems suicidal bodies. because there's no there's no air airbags at the time. Like t boning a vehicle on purpose would be really actually doing that at any point is stupid. Um, yeah. But wow, I think see I don't. I, it's interesting that you guys both suggested that the cop was trying to get this person. Oh no! I, I take it as that who that the two uh, chalk outlines are the two cops in the car, and oh. like, yeah, and like I feel like they were like incapacitated somehow, pulled and out and drove killed. accidentally into the car mm. by maybe escaping prisoners in the back, or, or maybe. Or yeah, or maybe somebody else was, or maybe somebody uh, you know was was fleeing the scene of of the double double homicide, and these guys, th- this car like jetted after them, and then this car just tried to pull out of the part uh, out of its driveway and got right. caught in the just an accident. Yeah, which is part of the reason cops don't do high ke- high speed pursuit. It's like as good as that <laughs> as good as that stuff it. is in movies, you don't actually do it because it's dumb. Right. Uh the real hellscape Marty's found himself in. Yeah, this is not. This is this is uh, as, as community has established the darkest timeline. Mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't even gotten to to. Well, it's gonna get. It's about to get worse. Like in the next minute, I believe the the violence level is upped way the up up. Yeah. You know what? I'm looking at this car that we thought was on fire. I don't think it's on fire. I think the fire is actually on the ground behind the car. Well, that would make more sense for like your set. Yeah, but I think it's then because then you could say that this car was the car with the perps, and they hit that car, spun it out, and then spun themselves into that other car. It's a suburban street, though. Where would you really build have this time to build? Like, like, like Marty said, you're not going to have the space to get up to eighty eight miles an hour. <laughs> I guess that's true. This is just oh, forensically. This scene doesn't make sense <laughs> with our our vast um, expertise and experience imparted to us from uh, broadcast television. <laughs> uh, also, these chalk outlines—they're both wearing mittens, and neither of them have necks. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> A lot of people wearing mittens in California. <laughs> Are you a sailor? You like fast. Whatever. Also, the uh the one on the left side, uh their 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 arm that's like in the back, yeah, looks like weirdly bent. And then there's a stain well, right there. Dying will do is. that to you. There's a there's a stain right where the bend is. Or maybe they're gingerbread people. 
kind of look like gingerbread. And this is the site of uh, our largest uh, gingerbread man bake-off <laughs> competition. We, we won the Guinness Book of World Records. Jeez. Uh, can't get anyone to live here, though. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, it'll, it'll just get so bad that eventually the city decides to start bulldozing entire neighborhoods, reclaiming them <laughs> like Detroit. Anyway. Oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> so is, that all, is that all you guys got for this minute? Yeah, I think I so. I, I think, uh, you know, it's only going to get worse from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'd like to visit our website at duelinggenre.com, you are always free to do that and leave a comment. We love hearing from you guys about what you think, what's going on in the show and Stuff you like, stuff you didn't like. You can email us, contact at backtothefutureminute.com. Tweet us at B-T-T-F Minute. We love Twitter. We love hearing from you guys and just and feedback. We just love feedback. Yeah. Um, BTT, Everybody likes validation. Yeah. BTTFminute.tumblr.com. Tumble at us. Follow us on Tumblr. Like us on Facebook. Leave a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't done that yet. And thank you from the bottom of our hearts. For the dozens and dozens of listeners that have already done that, we wouldn't be where we are without that review. I know it doesn't seem like it does a lot, but it's it's stupid that it does. But we, we love hearing from you guys. It's, it's the good part. And as always, listen to our other podcast, The Doctor's Companion, Geek by Night, which is coming back in July, better than ever, with Chris O'Connor as, uh, as yep. his iconic role, Jeffrey Alabaster Gibson. No. And... Patreon, duelinggenre.com slash support. We are we are we are more than halfway. We are so close to our first ever Patreon um, reward for you guys. Uh, thank you so much for everyone that has already donated. Um, and we're so close to Back to the Future Minute, the No Roads edition, which would be a weekend edition of the show where we would answer questions and, you know, kind of have a looser feel as opposed to the show proper. Mm hmm. And uh, as always, you can uh, go to our uh, other familia in the uh, the Minute family, uh, Star Wars Minute, Indiana Jones Minute, Jaws Minute, Wrath of Khan Minute, Alien Minute, and even more on the way. As Chris O'Connor said yesterday, you like a movie from the 80s, there's a Minute podcast about it. Most likely. And uh, we'll hear from you guys on Wednesday. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>